0: Welcome to Author Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. Today I speak with Bones Art and we're going to discuss his views and his writing on steampunk. And we're going to go through and try to figure out so that I understand and hopefully you do as well. Steampunk, if you're not familiar with it, or if you are familiar with it, you can relate, understand, and be able to immerse yourself in what he's doing. He was an interesting conversation, as if so many others are. I encourage you to enjoy the show. Listen to him. And if you do enjoy the conversation, check out his book. Purchase it. And as always, rate his book. Rate the show. Rate everything that you experience here because we'd love to hear from you. I hope you enjoy it. And I will talk with you soon. Thank you. So I am here with Bonesart and... He is, out of the Netherlands, a steampunk writer, and just to give a full understanding, he is the creator of the Association of ISTAR. He's a adventure cosmic horror steampunk novelist. Is that accurate, would you say? or And forgive me, like I said beforehand, I am completely a novelist when it comes to the steampunk world, so... It, how about this? How about you explain to the readers and myself a bit about you, a bit about your book, "The Wrench in the Machine," and be able to explain a bit so that we can be able to discuss this.
1: All right. So uh, I'm uh, online known as Bonsert Vocal. I'm uh, a creative from the Netherlands. Um Over the last ten years, I've done a lot of things uh, ranging from what people would, I guess, uh, refer to as cosplay to writing blogs, making vlogs. Uh, I'm mostly known for the creation of the Steampunk Beginner's Guide on YouTube. Uh, I also made a audio drama for the video game Fallout 4, which is part of Old World Radio, simply called Radio Retro Future for Fallout. Radio Retro Future is my uh, YouTube channel uh, and my other YouTube channel. I don't publish on that as much anymore. It's the Retro Future Research Foundation um apart from making videos on steampunk i've also done podcasts Uh, i think i've had over 200 uh, guests now on the show uh, where i talk to authors creators stop motion artists filmmakers Um, yeah anyone really interested in retrofuturism in general which is also my main interest um, so I, this year I've been doing this for about 10 years. I started with a blog called Tupperware Steampunk and it uh, went downhill from there, so to speak. Um, writing novels is basically one of my most recent uh, ventures together with, uh, making comics. Uh, currently I'm also working on a coloring book, uh, of which I recently received the prototype. Uh, so, yeah, and I am also started dabbling in um, miniatures and game developments. These are bookends uh, for the people who are interested in such things. These are painted. Uh, um, the, the ones for sale will be unpainted uh, unless people would want to pay me an additional 100 euros for a model each. So, um but uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I recently talked to somebody from Canada who is considering making uh, a series of uh, indie episodes uh, based on my short stories uh, because the Association of Ishtar is of Origins, a short story series. And uh, yeah, I've also uh, been acquainted to a game developer who wants to make a game based on it. So yeah, exciting stuff. Well, you sound like you're extremely busy. So. And that's
0: a handful of stuff, just to say the least. So let's talk a bit about, there's two topics right now I know of that's of interest that I'm curious to learn about from you. One is your book, the novel, The Wrench in the Machine. So if you can go into that, and then we'll go into the other the other topic, which was be that S36 that we were talking a little bit before the show, which is a whole... Sounds like a whole world of interest to people that are into steampunk. So first off, let's tell me a bit about your novel. What is your novel about? How did you start getting into it? What made you decide to write it?
1: Uh, well, uh, that is probably uh, the easiest way is to start with S thirty six because this is where the whole association of uh, Ishtar series began. Um, and, um, like I said, it's of origin, the short story series S 36, uh, AKA the call girl is the first story I ever written for the series. It's the foundation of the entire world building. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've been writing more stories, uh, set inside this multiverse. The association of history is an organization that is investigating like portals to other worlds, uh, to see if these portals are any threat Uh, and S36 is an antagonist that is stalking members of the Association of Istar in particular for some reason. Um, So that is why I decided to make uh, a novelist, uh, a comic based on that character because it was a very short story uh, and and the comic is kind of like me learning how to communicate with artists and and the like. So yeah, so that's one. And um, I had a whole bunch of, of short stories set in this multiverse and i i didn't really know how to publish it um because you know i had all these stories i wanted to to see some form of monetary reward for mm-hmm. that for all the time that i invested at that point uh, so i published uh, sorry i reached out to a canadian publisher who were interested however they said well uh, we love the stories but um we we they're alienating because they're written as files they're actually things you could find when you're doing a role-playing game for example they actually exist in the world itself so there's this an extra dimension to it okay uh, for those who are familiar with scp it's it's kind of like that um and uh yeah so they wanted like a story connecting the various short stories these files so to speak and then, uh, that's basically what the range in the machine became. It's this. It's really written for people who are new to uh, the association of Istar as a series. Um, it has a wonderful cover art by uh, Star Ranger from Sweden. Uh, I work from artists from from many nations, and the idea is really there's this inspector who has this murder case. And that murder case, yeah, leads him into this this world of conspiracies and the multiverse and the Association of Istar and and all that uh, entails. So uh, it becomes from this thing that he like heard about, like vaguely things um, in the media, to uh, you know actually becoming involved in this this world of, of counter espionage, which it is in part. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all, it's all written as an actual exploration of what that world would be like. So it's, uh, it's, it's high concept. Um, it's, it's a big boy for those who are watching you can see it's, it's not a, not a small book. Um, uh, well, it looks of my very
0: part. thick. So,
1: yeah. Uh, however, well, there, there are two reasons for that. And one of the reasons is that there are short stories in there as well. So you don't just get like the main story. You also get the short stories uh, that inspired all the elements uh, of this world. And and one of the, the things that I noticed in the reviews, it's like people that people commented, it feels so complete. And that's because many of the elements were already explored in short stories. And, and basically the novel is a continuation of those short stories in, in a sense.
0: Okay. So it's, you start with some intro files, letting people know, Hey, this is the history. That way it doesn't feel like you're jumping in the middle of something.
1: Which makes sense. Well, I mean, the, the short stories are like, like I said, the, the stories are actual files that exist in the world. So there are literal items that, the the protagonist finds and, and can read. I mean, you can choose not to, but then some of his conclusions will make no sense.
0: All right. So. And like we said before the show, I'm completely a novice on this topic. So when you're saying the protagonists can find in the real world, how when you read your book, how do you read it? Or how would I read it if I'm picking it up for the first time? Would it be something that I would have to go search for something? Is it interacting with the real world? Or no, as I'm reading it, it's all in collusion? No, it's not
1: augmented reality. Uh, like the, the, the files are items that exist in the fictional world. Okay, There are physical files that exist in that world. So it's not augmented reality.
0: Okay. I didn't know if it was kind of a mixture of things that are out there in the real world versus things you kind of mix with your book. I've heard of people doing that. I've never seen it. So I was just a little curious on that. So Yosu said that S36, you said that that was a area where you also have people building the world with you and... You have competitions going on with that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the, originally the idea, uh, came from, uh, my steampunk beginner's guide series on YouTube. It's about 15 episodes plus some appendix episodes, uh, where I talk about steampunk, how steampunk worlds are built, uh, the various aspects about it. Like for example, the fashion, the music that's attached to the culture. Uh, but also anachronism, which is a major thing for for the steampunk aesthetic uh, and and how uh, also their worlds are built. Um, but yeah, that that's a that's a larger uh, discussion on on steampunk itself. Uh, but uh, my my point, one of the things that I wanted to achieve with the Steampunk beginner's Guide, I didn't just wanted to inform uh, people of this 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 cookie cutter textbook version of steampunk, the the cosplay version of steampunk. Uh, I wanted to also, you know, do steampunk, uh, you know, not just use steampunk as like some end goal, but use it as a tool for storytelling, um, you know, and then, and then to make it evolve rather than make it stagnate. So, and uh, the idea behind the association of Ishtar and why I chose a multiverse is that like one of the things that, you know, people in general working in geek culture like to do when they're doing role playing games or things like that is that they want to build a world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the idea why I came up with this idea for multiverse. So people can actually insert their own worlds in there. Um, uh, while I can coach them in, in writing in general and hone their skills. So that's, that's kind of like the idea that, that people can like insert their ideas. And, you know, and then have those those ideas work off of each other, uh, you know, and have various aspects of, of steampunk writing in, in one and, and aesthetics in one um, one universe and, and and see what happens. And, and also, you know, bring creators together in a way, you know.
0: Right. And have you worked with other people on that aspect already or are you just digging into it?
1: uh well uh like i said we're doing our first contest now we've got our i got my <laughs> first submission today and i said you know if the, the 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 stories have a certain quality uh they'll be added no matter if you're the winner or not um and uh yeah mark brandon who's a fellow steampunk writer he uh, already like uh, made a very robert e howard-esque story some others have been working on them uh how that's been faring i do not know um But yeah, but there's a lot. I I also have a costume group. Uh, We do portray a a particular aspect of the Association of Ishtar uh, on uh, events. We have children activities there. So I get feedback from those people and, you know, their costume ideas give me ideas as well. So um, that's also a thing. Um, And um, yeah, I I, I, I talk with various artists and, and stuff. Uh, you know, I have various artists working on, on the world, so they sometimes add details there. It's like, oh, I can use that, you know. And some artists have become actual fans, so who knows uh, what will happen uh, in the future with that.
0: Oh, oh, understandable. So now, again, would this, so your book, would they be something that somebody that is just getting into steampunk could use to get into? Or is it something you have to really understand the culture
1: to use? Uh, I written it, uh, to be accessible. Um, you know, I, I have not really, uh, written it for, for a particular, uh, for a particular steambook audience. A matter of fact, I, since I published the book, I've been going on various rants on, uh, how, uh, people want to reflect their literature too much, uh, want to reflect the cosplay culture too much. Uh, like I got a uh, comment on this, uh, on this, on this piece, like, oh, it looks too Victorian, you know? And uh, it's it's like, okay, sure, sure, guys. Uh, so,
0: cause... okay, then, again, completely a novelist when it comes to steampunk. So, if I'm not mistaken, steampunk is a huge um, element of the Victorian era mixed with, like, a mechanical side. And I'm just trying to go off of what I've seen of it. What is steampunk really, then? Because I know it has some kind of like a modern mixed Victorian sense to it?
1: Well, uh, th- th- that's the thing. And th- that's one of the things that I've been investigating for the last 10 years. Like, what is it? And why, why is it the Victorian era in particular that inspires them? Um, and, uh, well, first of all, the word steampunk is actually an homonym, meaning it has multiple meanings. Uh, one of them is that it is a literary genre that we're discussing now. The second right. is that it is an aesthetic and the third that it is a community and uh you know people talk about as it is this one thing and it it isn't you cannot discuss steampunk that way um so you have to cut it in those particular three subjects uh to to have a a proper discussion about it and the 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 thing is that the community side of steampunk that's the one that people are most familiar with you know um but the 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 uh, but when you look at the, the writers, for example, it's a very different beast. It's a very different type of people who are writing and the people who are going to the conventions and it, it's, they're, they're very separate from each other. Um, so there's a, a big disconnect there in that, in that element. And, um, so you've got like, uh, you know, a lot of people like the steampunk beginners guide so much because I'm one of the few people that says. You know, when you are making something steampunk, you don't have to include the goddamn goggles. Don't need have to use the color brown. You don't have to use the Victorian era, or you know, have all these these sci-fi elements uh, inserted there. Um, you know, I personally, I like. For me, as a literary genre, I define steampunk as cyberpunk in the past. So it's like five minutes back into the past, um, and. When it comes to like, what is steampunk really? It's a mixture of pop culture and history, but it's not textbook history, what you learn uh-huh. in school. It's, it's pop culture history. So, you know, if I would, uh, uh, ask them a question about Otto von Bismarck, they would not know who that is. Even mm-hmm. though it's one of the most important people in, in his, in the world, the history of the world, probably in, uh, when it comes to the modern age. Um, you know, maybe now they'll know a battleship named Bismarck. Why? Because Sabaton made a number on it. Um because then it has reached the the, the pop, then it has become a meme, then it has like reached um uh, the, the the pop culture zeitgeist, so to speak. Uh so they'll have steampunk versions of let's say Abraham Lincoln uh, and maybe some other American presidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you will not see steampunk versions of, of other historical people that are not familiar, that people do not know from pop culture or film or something. Okay. So, uh, like you will, you'll find a lot of, um, superhero steampunk, you know, uh, especially with the, the whole Marvel craze. People started steampunking all the, the Marvel characters, uh, steampunk Batman, very popular. Um, you know you will not find uh steampunk <clears throat> versions of classical superhero uh, superheroes like the shadow or dark savage because they don't know them right so they're not steampunking them and uh, you know so it, there, there is this this very strong connection between steampunk and and pop culture yeah. and uh, i mean th- th- there is also a major why, why steampunk in general has become popular even with people who do not uh or not engaging in steampunk itself uh you know it's it's because people recognize steampunk batman for one you know kids don't know anything about technique or jules verne or any of those writers but they know batman so hey steampunk batman uh you know and the men don't like the technological aspect the fact that parts are moving you know it's not uh uh, like this remote control where you've got only some buttons now you've got devices that actually do something when they're operating and for a while the women like you know the dresses the fashion so there's this 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 very big appeal. And there was also an educational aspect, you know, why do we pick up the phone? Try to explain that to a child who never seen a, a classical telephone. You <laughs> know, concept of a horn, what is that? You know? Right. You dial a number, how does that work? You, you just press buttons. <laughs>
0: and you know, yeah. I might be aging myself, but I know one of the things, like you mentioned Jules Verne, who I love a lot of the stories is he's written. And I've heard people reference him as a as a um, father of steampunk or a huge element of steampunk. I kind of also, and this again might be aging me here, but I don't know if you ever seen the movie Back to the Future Three. Yes, where you know at the end there's that that train, the train engine that he has all modernized out, hovering. That kind of I remember. At the time, I was just hearing steampunk when I saw that movie, right. and that kind of gave me that thought of that element. Is that similar to where you're going, or am I just way off base?
1: Yeah, there's just this, this major, like again, there's this major disconnect between uh, the, the the people who are doing the costume element of steampunk and then the literary side of steampunk. You know, so because let's talk when I about talk... the
0: literal side. Can you tell me about where steampunk is with the writing side of it? the different books and things along those so that we can understand how the connection might be made?
1: Well, the the, the thing is, like, Jules Verne and, uh, you know, Back to the Future are not steampunk. Uh, okay. They are what inspire steampunk. And that's the problem with the whole discussion that, you know, uh, that there's a lot of projection going on. Like, oh, I like something, therefore it is this whatever punk I associate myself with. Um, and and the, the the problem with that that it made any discussion on the topic stagnant on what it is. And like I said, there is this demand of the the, the costume side of steampunk to see re, get that reflected in the literary side of steampunk and, and what they put out. So there's this this conflict uh, that's that's not spoken of. Um, and um, you know, especially when it comes to my writing, I I try when I, when I communicate with my artists uh and uh, I, I know I, I seem to be jumping from the aesthetics to the all the time, but there, this the, the aesthetic is so important to the world building uh you cannot separate those uh, when having this discussion um that uh you know when I talk to my artists, I have this rule that the characters uh from the home world, so to speak, they have to look eighty percent historical. And I don't mean like oh the, the idea of historical no actually historical. I want the closing to be correct and, and uh, in accordance to the fashion of the times that it is depicted because uh, that's how that's the uh, the amount of detail uh, that that people appreciate and makes it look believable you know that that create the immersion that that so many people are craving in particular in, in historical fiction where, uh, especially in Hollywood, the idea is, well, if it looks kind of like that period, it's good enough. And, right. uh, um, I know for me, good enough is when it is actually say, well, I made this costume, which is based on this picture. It, it's there, it's not like there is a shortage of photos of the Victorian era. Definitely. And uh, so, uh, so that that's kind of like how I work and so that way, the sci-fi elements you know, really pop out because you've got all these historical people and then you've got a big robot, you know? Um, yeah. and it, it's also cosmic hor- There's also this big cosmic horror element or, you know, I, it's, it's kind of science fiction written as horror, I suppose. Um, so, and that's, even though I read the first chapter more as a police procedural, people read that chapter and say, wow, this is really cosmic horror. It's like, oh, oh, well, okay. So I failed there, I suppose. Um, okay, so- but, um, yeah, the, the, so uh, the, there for me, the, the aesthetic is ex- very powerful. Uh, very powerful storytelling mechanism. You know that's why I love steampunk. There's this very powerful uh, storytelling potential there. And uh, but but you know if people don't use it properly, you basically get this 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 convention feel. You know that's what why people avoid steampunk because. They they don't like that self-referential, oh, it's just like on the conventions. It's okay, you know, that's, you know, for me, especially because I've been to so many conventions, you know, you see all these, these people in brown top hats, gears everywhere. And then you see like one historical costume, which pops out because, well, that's alien.
0: <laughs> I understand. So let me ask you this then. What when you first started getting into steampunk, what did you honestly start reading and what is your, what is it that you're using as your reference of steampunk in the sense of driving your sense of it? Because you sound like you have this very specific concept of steampunk. So I'm just curious on what, what led you up to that?
1: Um, Well, um, I started writing um, and then um, when, when I started writing it was in Dutch, and it was kind of like a sci-fi fantasy more, uh, but I really wanted to go for that anachronistic aesthetic, which was heavily inspired by the Dutch golden age. Um, so I, I really wanted to, to create a society like that with fashions like that, and then mix that with, with sci-fi. Uh, I never finished that project, but I, I learned a lot about writing, um, then i stopped writing for a while we focused on, on on the on the costuming element of it but i always wanted to tell a story so true costuming and um you know then you're also looking for things that are unique so if if i started basically doing what everyone else does you know it just looks the same there's nothing unique about it there's no story there it's just more of the same right um and um i started blogging very, I I wanted to blog about Sneeko from the very start. I wanted to explore the anachronism and and, and the sci-fi elements about it. And I was on a convention and it was like this dark room because it was also a music thing and uh, they they choose to make it dark. Okay, fine. But then you had this darkness and you had all these people in brown dancing in front of the stage. It was this brown uh, smudge. It's like, folks. Come on, man. You know, and it, and I was the only one, you know, there was this group photo and you could see me clearly because I was the only one wearing a green coat. Um, so there, there was this, 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 you know, for, a a, a, a genre that identifies with punk, there's a lot of conformity, you know, right. Um, uh, there's actually been within the community actually been, uh, attempts to, you know, say, well, Hey guys, we can also use different colors than Brown. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, mixed results, so to speak. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, they come in into steampunk, they see all these people in brown, they want to fit in. So they automatically start wearing brown. So, uh, and no one is telling them any different. Um, it's a very, a critical community in in that regard. Um, so you're trying to
0: bring more of a realistic element or element of the past where, colors are used it's a variation of things is that sound correct there is that what you're trying to do with steampunk a bit
1: um well i i you know in, in a way um like for me the historical aspect is very important because you know um especially in the high concept to make the horror work and to to make people like whoa this is special you know uh, you know if, if everyone has like a mechanical horse then having an, uh, an antagonist riding a mechanical horse is not really intimidating, you know, right. uh, so that that's what I might probably have a lot of fantasy that you have this, this, this hero coming into a room filled with demons and, you know, he but the demons are no threat to him. So it's like, what's, what's even the point of having demons if, if they're no threat? Uh, so that's, that's very, very important to me for, for the horror to work. Um. And, uh, you know, also look into like what makes steampunk in a way it's also an exploration of a lot, what makes steampunk horrific because horror is a major influence, uh, to the genre and like hammer films and stuff like that. Like I said, the steampunks steampunk in that way is kind of like curators of, of antiquated pop culture, um. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of like how I came with the call girl who's inspired by number stations from radios. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept.
0: No, I've heard of it a long time ago, but it's very vague to me.
1: Yeah, so a number station, and uh, I think they're still in use. They are these radio stations uh, usually used by secret services to communicate with agents in the field and all they do is uh, spout numbers over the ether um and presumably the agent of the field like has a code book uh, that that relates to these numbers that are being uh, recited um and uh, you know I, I grew up with uh, analog radios in the car you know where you would uh, drive uh, at night <laughs> you looking for a musical channel and you'd like hear all these other radio signals coming through And a friend of mine was really into ham radios. And and we would like look up these number stations because, you know, when you're beginning with something, you want to do what everyone else is doing. So you look up the number stations. You have this eerie woman. You've got this musical tune, starting with this musical tune. In this case, the Lincoln Poacher, which uh, does not exist anymore, but it was a very famous number station, uh, presumably from Scotland Yard. Uh, they denied it, of course. Right. And it started with this, this tune, and then you would have this woman saying numbers and it's, it's pretty horrifying because you also have like all the static coming through. Um, and, uh, the, basically the horror of the, the, the call girl, which is this character, which I have uh, a model from, uh, here S 36, uh, is her designation by the association of Ishtar, um, you know, and she, uh, recites, she she has a doubt for the associates and the, that's why the associates have numbers. Um, so that's, that's the the whole story behind that. You've got associate number seven, associate 181, associate 321 is in the book. Um, so yeah, that all comes from her and, uh, yeah, that's, that's my whole approach to world building basically.
0: All right. Well, it sounds very intense and very complex as well. So hopefully anyone that picks up your book, I'm sure they're going to definitely enjoy everything there. So, let's do this because I don't want to take up too much of your time. Can you let people know one where they can find you? So if they want to reach out to you, if they want to talk, if they want to pick your brain, where's the best places for them to reach out to you at?
1: Uh, well on my YouTube channel, radio retro future, uh, there you can find my videos, the sleep up beginners guide. Uh, also my fake uh, radio station that I made for fallout four is on there for those who are not yet familiar with steampunk music, they uh, can get acquainted with it over there. Uh, It also has a story, so uh, for those interested in that, and lore of Fallout as well. Um, So uh, that's that's probably the best way. Uh, Underneath each video, I have a link to our Discord uh, for people who uh, want uh, writing advice or just uh, want to get in contact with other steampunks uh, or participate in the creation of the Association of Ishtar Multiverse. Uh, you can go over there. And, uh, like I said, we are not just doing stories. We're doing a lot of other things. We also make videos. Um, some of the videos of the association of your star are on the channel, uh, especially the white Zeppelin, uh, which is a very popular story, uh, in the series. And, uh, so yeah, that's one I am on most social media, either as sponsored vocal or radio retro future. Uh, we also have a website for the Association of Ishtar, which is simply com. There all the short stories can be found uh, and some uh, snippets of the background lore are also hidden uh, on various pages. So yeah, you can actually investigate that website and see what you can figure out. Um, yeah, and uh, what else? Yeah, or my books are for sale. on v- The ebooks are for sale on various websites. The physical copy, you can either or- order a signed copy from me and then I'll always give some, some extra things with it. Uh, or you can uh, uh, find the ebook on various other we- Oh, wait. Yeah. The, so this one you can also get on Amazon. The mm-hmm. ebook is uh, on, on various websites. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So, yeah, there are many ways to contact us.
0: Well, as busy as you sound and as many routes, people should be able to contact you, follow along with you, be able to interact with you. I know that you're on some social medias that I'm on. So I've seen you quite active there. So yeah, I mean, I appreciate you having on. So if anyone didn't catch those locations, they're also in your profile that I have for you on authorblurb.com. So people can go there and look, is there anything you really want people to know before we end the conversation?
1: Um, well, um, if you are, uh, buying my books uh, you're not just uh, helping uh, me you're also helping our community um i commission various artists so you'll be helping them as well and as well we are also expanding into film and games so uh, it's an adventure um i'm very proud of what i have managed to accomplish since i published the first books and uh, yeah i'm i'm hoping uh, for uh, more in the next uh, couple of years so yeah and uh, like I said, um, it's, it's kind of like open source in a sense. So you are free to contribute stories or ideas and uh, yeah, maybe you'll see your ideas reflected in, uh, in, in future works.
0: Well, that sounds fantastic. And I know you also talked a little bit about expanding. You're growing, you're working on more things in the future. So people should definitely, if they go to your website or follow you, they should keep in contact and keep updating. So any new things that have come along. I appreciate you being here. I'm in the conversation for the people that are listening or watching the episodes through the streaming services. If you can hold on for me one second, I'd quite appreciate it. And everybody else, thank you for being here. And thank you. So that was the show. As always, I appreciate you coming this far. And I hope that you did enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Bozart was a interesting person for me to talk to to say the least since until him and I spoke I didn't really have a good understanding of what steampunk was so thank you again and if you do enjoy it remember let other people know about the show it helps them be able to discover it and it allows people to grow the community so that they can also find an author they enjoy and as always rate review let us know how we're doing It's highly appreciated. Thank you, and finally, have a good day.